I speak to you in the name of the one holy and living God. Amen. Please. By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? As institutional gatekeepers, the Pharisees feel threatened by the presence of the living God in their midst. No wonder the question will soon be turned upon them. The question of authority in religious matters is potent today. Two articles last week. The New York Times reported the growing number of people sharing their faith in the corporate workplace. As companies give attention to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and invite employees to bring their whole selves, some are claiming their faith as a matter of identity. Their authority comes, perhaps from God, certainly from within. Two, the Episcopal Church released data from the annual parochial reports, the Church's census, tracking trends of the past decade. As seen across much of Christian America and representative at St. C's, while the number of active parishioners is in dramatic decline, commitment is strong, giving is strong, those who are in are all in. People who identify as spiritual but not religious are often claiming, in effect, that their inner experience of holiness is more compelling than congregational or institutional practices. Now, you put the two articles together, and one might reasonably conclude that Americans are leaving church, claiming their authority, and sharing their faith. So what is the Spirit up to here? We're at a time akin to the practices in Jesus' day with the temple undergoing reformation and reorientation. By what authority we have received the truths of the gospel, the teachings and practices of the church bequeathed to us from generations before, and we have our own experiences of the holy, however fleeting, that inspire our longing for God. How shall we hold these external and internal truths together in tension? And as we do so, nurture a community that lives, loves, and serves together. That's a compelling, if daunting, undertaking for our day. It is a gift for us to hold the tension together, holiness comes alive as we are in relationship with one another. Created for love, I see each of us coming together 
to shape a giant living jigsaw puzzle, if you will, each a distinct colored piece, unique in gifts, offering to share what we have received, our respective charisms, a charism understood to be an extraordinary power given to a Christian by the Holy Spirit for the good of the whole body. Each gift, each voice, each piece of the puzzle. We see it modeled week in and week out. God creates wheat, grapes. We make bread, wine. Offer these to God who blesses, offers body and blood. We are made one whole together in God. The glory of God is made real not by some institutionally ordered top-down process, but by the offering of each member given freely, inspired by our relationships with one another and the grace and life of this community. Now, it's a curious parable Jesus tells of the two sons. We don't know why the one said yes, then didn't, nor why the other said no, then did. But there's no doubt about the better course. Just do it. Just do it. I'm less and less interested in what you tell me you believe or who you believe in. Rather, show me. Show me how you live. Then I will see and know what you will believe. I will know who and what you value. Which of the two did the will of his father, the one who acted. If you want to know what I value, look at two things. Look at my calendar and look at my bank account. I'll tell you what you'll find, that it's a pretty mixed bag. Ways that I use, invest, spend my time, my talent, my treasure, that are true to and reflect my core values and beliefs, my relationships and heart. And then some other ways, not so much. So I'm kind of liking Jesus' parable right about now because I'm hearing that whether I said I would and I did not, or that I would not and then I did, or maybe one voice within me one day and one the next, Jesus is offering the opportunity to me, for us, for a new way, a fresh start. Jesus isn't asking what I said, what I promised, even what I claim to believe. Jesus is looking to see if I'm going to act and act today. Will he or won't he? Now, in casting a vision to live God's love, we collectively have sought to weave our varied dreams and voices into a single piece of music, one that inspires and guides us forward together. The church, this church, offers a way of connecting to something far greater than ourselves, encourages us to offer healing and hope to a world in need, and binds us in mutual accountability. It is not all neat and tidy. That's part of the beauty. We're a church 
that values deeply the struggle and the difficult questions, where a church where it is safe to doubt and name those doubts, where it is safe to believe, to step out and act and try those beliefs, the vision is precious beyond measure. The community is alive, it's robust, engaged. The love of God, the way of Christ, and the winds of the Spirit are powerfully alive among us. So I have an ask today. I ask you to invest in this vision. And please know that I know that some of you have so much more than you possibly need, and I know that some of you don't have enough to make payments coming due this week for real. I'm asking every single one of you to make a financial pledge to the ministry of this church as a way to help bring about the vision of God that's planted in our souls. I'm asking you to listen to your heart and then act. Step out in trust. The vision of God will not be realized until everyone's in. We cannot get there without one another. So the goal of our vestry, of our elected leaders, is 100% participation in pledging among all our members. And if you think you're not yet a member, I will gladly help you become one this morning. Because God is the one who has given us life, given us time, talents, and treasure, what we do with those gifts is holy. And if you think I'm mixing spiritual matters of the heart with material matters of the church, then you are right on the mark. For this human vessel, this community of St. Columbus is altogether holy, the embodiment of Christ, even with dings and scratches. As many, have heard you, many of you have heard me say, a vital part of my own spiritual practice is to give 10% of my income to the work of God through the church as my pledge. And together, Sarah and I give to a number of other organizations that we care about. And that when I first embarked on this path of stewardship, I was giving a mere fraction of 1% and could not imagine getting even to 2%. Time and again, Jesus reminds us of the vision within and calls forth our generosity. At every step, greater generosity is met with deeper gratitude and abundance. Henri Nouwen confirmed my own experience when he said, you won't become poorer, you will become richer by giving. Now, as if this were not enough, I have two additional asks. The first is directed especially toward those who may be waiting for the right moment to get involved in ministry here. That moment is now. If you are not yet participating, please join us today. And second, our vision to live God's love prompts us to make some changes, perhaps, to our property to better enable us to be the community we're called to be. So please tell us, what do you think? about the ideas being proposed. That's it. Three requests to give, participate, share your hopes and ideas.
By what authority do I do these things? By the gift of the Holy Spirit that I believe is moving both from within, within each of our hearts, and weaving us together in one body. Amen.